Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're going to begin a, a new subject matter that I've been uh, thinking about for uh, a couple of years now, I guess, that I knew that we would look at at some point in time. And it's one that will likely uh, take us a while uh, because of the nature of it and because of really how Jesus used it. Hmm. You're thinking, what in the world is he talking about? <laughs> All right. But uh, fear not, because we're going to be able to learn a lot of things uh, from the scripture in the midst of uh, doing it under the guise of a particular topic, okay, that type of thing. We are going to be looking at the parables of Jesus, the parables of Jesus. And so uh, there's a lot to be looked at. There's a lot to glean there. And so we'll, we're just going to take our time, as we always do with these things. Like if, I'd rather have time to think upon things and to, to wonder about things rather than to fly through things and think, okay, we've got it conquered now, so we don't have to, you know, we've talked about it, we know all there is. <clears throat> well, no, not really. So I want us to begin with Matthew 13. And Matthew 13 uh, says this. Let me just read uh, the first three verses, and then we probably won't even get into this parable. <laughs> it's just sort of the intro. And here's the first three verses of Matthew 13. That day, Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. And large crowds gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. Verse 3. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, and so then it picks up the parable, which we'll look at the next time that we get together, because I just want to talk through a couple of things right here. Real quick, I want us to understand a couple of things. When you're reading the scripture, always ask the Lord to give you insight, to give you revelation, to give you illumination, to give you enlightenment, to give you understanding. Ask the Lord through his spirit to empower you to see what he wants you to see at that moment, at that time. And then don't hasten through the passages. Take your time and allow the words to speak to you and to uh, strike your attention. I'll give an example. In Matthew 13, verse 1, what we just read, the very first two words are, that day, that day. Then it said, that day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Now, what often happens is when we hear sermons, when we hear teachings, when we have Sunday school times, when we have small group times, when we have whatever, <clears throat> We sort of just leap into the middle of things like this, and we'll read over a passage like that. And we might, you know, pay attention to the fact, oh, yeah, Jesus was sitting by the sea. But then we really don't just take a moment and say, okay, Lord, what is happening here? What is the context? What is the environment that all this is taking place? And, you know, there's times when that's okay. We don't have to always get down to the minutia and the detail of everything. Don't hear me wrong on that. But I think we miss a lot because we don't pay attention to some of the bigger things that are happening. So quite often, I will back up 
just to see what the immediate context is. So, you know, you want to back up to chapter 12, right? Well, I, I did that for our time together right here. Well, then you run into a problem. Listen to chapter 12, verse 1. says this, At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And you go, well, at that time? Well, what time? Well, that would require you to back up to where? Yeah, exactly. Uh, chapter 11. And quite often you do sort of find yourself backing up to sort of see what the big, big picture is. I'm not going to go that far. I want us just to uh, hear what is going on in chapter 12 to where we'll have some understanding about what's being said in Matthew 13. Because in 13, he says, that day Jesus went out of the house. Well, what day and what house? And why did he go out? Why is he sitting by the sea? And then really the big question, why are large crowds gathering around him? Now, we want to sit there and we'll say, well, it's because he did this and he did that. But why at that time, at that point, were large crowds pursuing him to where he had to go out and sit on a boat and the crowd stood on the beach to listen to what he was saying? Well, I think we get a little bit of a hint because of what had just previously happened. It says that day, so chapter 12, uh, it's just several subject matters. I'm not going to read it. It's a long chapter. I'm just going to tell you what's going on here. Uh, Jesus' disciples harvested on the Sabbath from the grain fields something to eat, and the Pharisees were having a fit over it. And so Jesus tells him that he, the Son of Man, is the Lord of the Sabbath. Well, you can imagine what kind of you know, problem that caused. So they're trying to set him up. So Jesus goes into a synagogue from there, and they ask him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? They're trying to set him up. And Jesus says, hey, you know, uh, if one of your sheep falls in the pit, you rescue that sheep on the Sabbath, don't you? How much more valuable then is a man than the Sabbath? And there was a guy there that was lame. That's what they used to precipitate the question. Jesus says, hey, stretch out your hand. And when he stretched out his hand, his hand was normal. Well, the Pharisees were furious, and this, now they're conspiring against him. And and Jesus knew what was going on to miss this whole thing. <clears throat> so the Pharisees were uh, watching for an opportunity. Well, uh, there was a demon-possessed man. He was blind and mute, and he came, and he cried out to Jesus, and Jesus heals him. Okay? And the Pharisees, you know, they're, they're then accusing Jesus of casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub. Well, Jesus, it says, knew what their thoughts were. And he says, how can that be a kingdom divided against itself, you know? And boy, he chews them out about that. <clears throat> and then he deals with uh, blaspheming the Holy Spirit, what we call the unpardonable sin, which I think is sort of an unfortunate misnomer for that. Uh, but he deals with that thing. He talks about that, and he talks about if you're a good tree, you're going to bring forth good fruit. If you're a bad tree, you're going to bring forth bad fruit. Well, then the Pharisees come along, and they're demanding, well, teacher, we want to see a sign from you. And Jesus Jesus just looks at him point blank and says, you know what? An evil and an adulterous generation craves for a sign, but you're not going to get a sign other than the sign of Jonah. And then in the 40th verse of Matthew 12, he says, just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Which, by the way, that verse right there totally blows apart the uh, scheduling and the calendaring of what we call Holy Week around Easter. <laughs> in other words, there is no such thing as a Good Friday. That verse right there, if you pay attention to that, if you know the balance of Scripture, it shows you what's going on. And then Jesus tells them that there's something greater going on here. He said there's something greater than Jonah. There's something greater and the queen of the south when she came to check out what was going on with Solomon. <clears throat> There's something greater than even Solomon here. 
There's something greater is going on. And then he gives us some insight of what happens when an unclean spirit comes out of a man, that it goes through waterless places and it's looking for something. It doesn't find rest, but it says, I'm going to go back to where I was. And if that place has not been filled with something else, he's going to go back and he's going to bring seven of his buddies with him. So Jesus is dealing with all these things. And then you have the incidents where Jesus is continuing to speak in the crowd and he's in his home and it's packed and his brothers and mother are outside trying to get in and they let him know. And they say, hey, your, your, your mother and your brothers are out, outside trying to get in. And Jesus says, who is my mother and who is my brother? And he, he points to everybody who's listening to him. And he says, behold, my mother and my brother. Four, last verse, chapter 12. Whoever does the will of my father who is in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. Then the very next verse is, that day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. So you see, we've got a little bit of the context right here. It had been very confrontational. Jesus was already in this situation where the religious rulers were trying to set him up. They're trying to get at him. They're furious at what he was teaching about the Sabbath. They're furious at what he was teaching about the kingdom of God, which is one reason I want to look at the parables, because the parables teach us about the kingdom of God. They're trying to destroy Jesus. And so he's going to start speaking in a different kind of way because of that. Well, my time's up. Can you believe that already? The parables. I think we're going to be blessed when we see what all is said here. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.